to the OP, your friendly neighborhood Mavs devoted podcast. I am back. I missed a couple games. I threw my back out. I was laid up in bed like an old geezer, like one of the grandparents from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, depending on which tradition you come from. But uh, <laughs> man, I am up and dancing. My back is feeling better. Uh, and I got to go to the Mavs Pelicans game recently and just have amazing, amazing seats, like wealthy people seats, right? Now, I am not wealthy people, but I have some friends that have some friends that are wealthy people, and they got some seats, and they invited uh, my wife and I, and I just wanted to kind of make this, uh, very after the fact, right, companion um, podcast, a little additional podcast, not so much reviewing the game, but reviewing what it's like when you sit right behind the bench. We had, uh, we were sitting in section 117, that's the lowest section, um, just a few feet off the floor, directly behind the Mavericks bench, and we were in row D. So that's how far back we are, A, B, C, and D. Um, and we just had incredible, incredible seats. I, I don't want to know if we were 20 feet from the Mavs, 25 feet. Uh, it just wasn't too many free throw shots away from being directly in the Mavs huddle. And so there's just some cool insights you gather that you can't get from a broadcast. Number one, they probably the team probably wouldn't want these things on the broadcast. Um, but they're definitely that fan purview, right? We were just a few, um, just a few yards away from Cuban and Finley, who was sitting next to him. Um, and then directly behind the Mavs bench. And so just a few things coming from, obviously the Mavs uh, won this game by, I believe, 46 points. I don't have the score in front of me, but that's the number that's in my head. It was just an incredible laugher. And I know some people go to a game and they want a great game, a gritty, tightly contested contest that, of course, your team in the end pulls out a win. Of course, that's what we all want, right? Um, but I'm, I'm also of the persuasion that I love... Capital L, love attending a blowout if it's your team doing the butt kicking, right? Like, I love that. I, I do not feel like, well, man, I wish we were here for a more, uh, a better competition. Or, no, no. I love when your team is smoking another team and actually blowing them out of the gym. I love that. And that's what this was. This was the biggest Mavs win uh, I had, of course, ever attended. 40 freaking six points. The Mavs were just absolutely um, destroying the Pelicans, who aren't a good team, right? There were so many projections for them to be a good team this year. I think a lot of those projections are based on uh, Lonzo Ball being good. A lot of those projections are on Drew Holiday being like a tier one type player, which I've, I understand Drew Holiday is really good, but he's, he's like a lower tier all-star to me. Um, and you may strongly disagree with that. You may think he's just under all NBA, but I, I, I don't think of him as a, as a number one guy. He's not. He's, he's a number two and an amazing, amazing number three, I think. Uh, maybe that's selling him a bit short, but that's just kind of always been my perspective of his game. He's not a go-to guy. Can he win you a game? Absolutely he can. Um, but I don't think of him as a as an alpha male in this league. He's a great defender. He's gritty. He's got all those in like uh, internal strength and um, uh, characteristics you want a competitor to have. I'm afraid he just doesn't have the ability to deliver on the biggest stage in the biggest way consistently. He's a really good player, but I would say he's a lower two mid tier all star. He's not even an upper end all star in my opinion, as good as he is. And if he's the best player on your team. You're in trouble. Now, of course, Zion Williamson has been hurt, um, and uh, Ingram has been playing great. Brandon Ingram has been playing really, really well. Um, but 
I think a lot of the a lot of the hope was based on, hey, look at how all these pieces fit together. And just so far, with the absence of Zion, right? That's the big caveat. With the absence of Zion, the pieces haven't fit together all that well. They just can't score enough points. And um, it, with as good as Ingram has been, Holiday hasn't been that awesome. And um, you know, they're just not winning too many games. But anyways, this is a Mavericks podcast. Just I hate to remind you, but uh, so this is just an incredible experience for me. Um, I, I don't know if I'm a great person to sit next to in a game or a really boring person to sit next to in a game. Cause especially when you have good seats, I just get lost in the game. Like if, if the person next to me that I came with or went with or brought is asking questions, I'll engage them. But like if, if they're not, if they're kind of sitting there quietly, I just get lost in the game. I get locked in. I'll, I'll fist pump and on the biggest of big plays, I'll jump up and, you know, high five or something like that. But I, I'm not a talky talky person during a basketball game. I'm watching the game. I'm, I'm really locked in. And when you're this close to the floor and with you, when you have this amazing perspective on the bench, uh, it was hard to, to hard to really not just get lost in the game, especially such a incredibly fun game. So I just, I texted myself a few notes, right? Uh, so. Luke is making funny faces uh, whenever he watches a replay. Oh, uh, one thing that's hilarious is how many of the players during a timeout or a commercial break will watch the in-house video screen, Uh, especially if they're not players who are in the game at that moment. They are all watching the video screen, Uh, especially like um, Boban was up and pointing and laughing at the videos, especially the videos that involved, you know, uh, the the, the faces of the players imposed on, you know, movie scenes or whatever. He, He was just cracking up at that. Uh, just laughing. There was one moment where uh, I was sitting next to a really uh, a pretty girl, uh, and and um, I think Bobom was like pointing her out to one of the players. I was like, "Whoa!" I think he's like because for a long time I thought he was staring directly at me, and I was like, "Why is he staring at me?" And I was like, "Oh, there's this blonde next to me. I think he's probably staring at her." That makes a lot more sense. So Bobon's just looking for looking for stuff on the bench, right? He's just cracking people up. He's making jokes. He's watching the in-house video board, just laughing like a big kid. Um, all of the players laugh like they they chuckle and they they get distracted by the video board uh, when it's the the videos that involve them right they're all just they're they're thinking that's hilarious uh, they all not all but a bunch of the veterans especially treat Luca like a big kid they make fun of him constantly on the bench they're teasing him it was amazing to me um, so he seems like he's kind of like the baby of the team which is an interesting dynamic I don't know how long that, long that'll last uh, and obviously he represents himself as a kid too he is a kid and he has kind of a, a you know a big kid spirit um, but they they just tease him and they make fun of him he's extremely emotional as he comes out of games more so than even the broadcasts let you pick up on like when he comes out of the game he is often upset he's upset with a foul call there was a couple times in the first half of this game where he was upset being taken out of the game he did not want to come out of the game he was like cursing and all that he was just like yelling and cursing and Cuban was over there just cracking up laughing at him and the players were just laughing at him. he he wasn't doing it to be funny like he wasn't in on the joke he was genuinely upset and <laughs> the players are all just like chuckling at him, laughing at him. I'm assuming uh, this is what he does all the time. Uh, he's just a, a fiery competitor. Uh, and, you know, he's a sweet guy. And so they all know he can take it. And they're just laughing at him and making fun of him. Uh, there was at one point in the game where he came out and I don't know if it was because of a foul call he didn't like, or he just didn't like being taken out of the game at this time, but he was like, so obviously pouting. Like he went to the very end of the bench. He didn't sit where he normally sits. He went to the very end of the bench. He put a towel over his head. He like literally just like crossed his arms and like a Cuban at this point actually looked over and goes, what's wrong? Like what, what happened? 
happened. Like uh, I could, you know, obviously I can't tell what they're, what they're saying. Um, but it was so obvious that he was just pouting like a, like a child. It was so, so funny. Uh, Luca cussing at the end of the bench. I have down here, teammates laughing at him, Cuban laughing. Um, and I thought this was a really cool uh, kind of additional point. When the Mavs in the second half were up by 38, now obviously they won by 46, and they were up by 50 at one point, uh, maybe a little over 50. Um, but the Mavs were the Mavs starters who were taken out of the game in the fourth quarter or the third quarter. I can't remember exactly when it was. The Mavs were up 38, though, because I looked up at the board. Um, they were still standing on every made bucket. The Mavs starters in a game that's clearly and cleanly decided – they're still getting up to cheer on the bench who was just, you know, blowing and going, man. They were they were crushing the Pelicans. And they were just celebrating, man. It was so cool. They weren't they weren't just sitting there ignoring the game, talking, you know, like sometimes players do. Um, they were they were still plugged into the game, up thirty eight points. I have I have a note here that even when the lead was huge, Luca still was upset a couple of times. <laughs> like he still got upset uh, at just some of the things that were happening, and the team just just cracks it up. Especially Jalen loves to uh, make fun of Luca and just kind of rib him and, and tease him. Um, I noticed on several of the timeouts where the team is like actively in a huddle, right? And this is especially in the first half when the game was not decided yet. Um, that J.J. Barea was literally just walking around the court. Like, he he wasn't all the way to the, the hoop, but he was just walking around talking to trainers, like, so unplugged from from the game. And J.J. got in the game later. We'll talk about that in a second. So it wasn't like this was a game he was never going to get in, um, but he was not even listening to what Rick was saying. It's hilarious how, like, you, you, you learn things about the dynamics of an NBA team. Like, uh, Rick is sitting here drawing up plays, coaching the team, and J.J. Barea is just, like, talking to, to not even the assistant coaches. Like, he's just out there talking to trainers just in the middle of the court. Like, yeah, I, I don't need to hear this. I've probably heard everything Carlisle has to say a hundred times. I'm a master of his offense. <laughs> if he puts me in, I'll know what to do. Um, but it was, it was just kind of funny to see how uh, often in timeouts, even in the middle of huddles, the players that aren't in, on the court at the time are not really connected in the huddle. I found that interesting. Um, yeah, I have a note here that just says Luca watching the in-house videos, giggling to himself. Just, just funny, man. Just, just a big kid, which is what he is. Um, there was a moment in the second half. So the Mavs are crushing the Pelicans at this point where Casey Smith, as uh, JJ was coming off the court, had to like, he actively went over to JJ to try to calm him down in a blowout. Think about the competitive nature of these guys, right? JJ, who's not getting a ton of minutes. He, he's being taken out of uh, an absolute blowout that where his team's on the right end of it. And he still doesn't want to come off the court. He didn't want to come out. He screamed out like I was, I wasn't that far away, but I could easily hear him yell. Uh, when, when Rick took him out, he, he went to the end of the bench and K- Casey's talking to him, trying to calm him down. And he goes, I'm not playing no more than, <laughs> He's like, if you're taking me out now, I'm not playing no more. That's what he said. And everyone cracked up. And so JJ, I think, was genuinely upset, but he also was, was having fun. He was, he's like, I'm not playing no more. Uh, and the fact is that Rick did put him back in a few minutes later, and JJ went in and played his heart out. And so uh, I just I just love that, man. You get so much cool insight. If you ever get a chance to get really good seats, I would encourage you, if possible, get behind the Mavs bench. Uh, it's just it's fascinating to see these guys interact. It's fascinating to see them joke. Something that is so serious that is uh, means the world to them. That it's making them an insane amount of money, and yet during. And, stretches of the game they're laughing they're joking they're playing if you play if you play team sports you understand this a little bit but here at the highest degree i think i expected a little more intensity now this was a laugher of a game in the second half but there was a lot of laughing a lot of playing a lot of joking a lot of teasing 
Uh, and my guess is I couldn't read lips and, you know, I was behind them, but uh, my, my guess is a lot of the teasing is vicious teasing. <laughs> uh, there was a couple times where uh, JJ Reddick, who didn't have a good game, like there was a time when he hit a shot and he just like made a joke over to the Mavs bench as he ran back up the court. And I was just like, oh, I love seeing that kind of stuff. You know, these are guys who know each other, who who aren't enemies like, you know, in the old days where they kind of hated each other. You know, the rivalries of the 80s and, and some of the rivalries of the 90s. Uh, the, the league today is a much more friendly league between the players. Uh, and so I just wanted to kind of share a little bit of my perspective. I'm going to shut this thing down. Uh, if you haven't already, go find me on Twitter at Mavs Highlights. Give me a follow. I'd love to engage with you guys. Love talking Mavs. Our Mavs are absolutely rolling this season so much better than I think anyone except for maybe the most crazy optimistic like pie in the sky head in the clouds kind of fans predicted Um, and it doesn't look like a fluke they look like a good team let's have fun watching this good team you guys have a great day go Mavs